When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. A lot of serious stuff and a bunch of fun and stupidity, candidly, uh, on the program this morning here as we have fun with Jennifer Coolidge last night, who it turns out when she wins the Golden Globe is actually a crazy Jet fan. Mike White, you have given me hope. I I love that. By the way, and I never do this because there's nothing in it for me and I'm the one who never sees them. I actually really liked that show. If you're looking for a show to watch, I liked season two of White Lotus. I didn't see season one, so I can't speak to that. Uh, In the meantime, so a million different things to catch up on. But yesterday, (coughs) in case you missed it, we didn't get back to it on the TV show today. Because with all the playoff stuff going on, we've been pretty busy. But it was a really provocative take from our general manager, Mike Tannenbaum. And it is not an unsensible one. So when the extremely unlikely events of Sunday took place, which is to say Houston scoring a touchdown on a fourth and 20 oh. and then getting the two and knocking itself out of the top of the NFL draft and putting the Chicago Bears on the clock. My immediate reaction is, wow, the Bears just made out like bandits. They can trade that pick for a king's ransom. They got all that salary cap money, and they can build around Justin Fields, who is a a, a budding star. Like, this could not have played out better for the Bears. And our buddy, Mike Tannenbaum, came on TV and in a very serious way said... I would trade Justin Fields, and I'm taking nothing away from him. I think he has a chance to be a good, maybe a top 10 quarterback. But if you can get at least a first and a third round pick, which I believe you can, because so many teams need a quarterback, I'm going to draft Bryce Young, who I think is going to be a better quarterback than Justin Fields. And when I do that and get at least a first and a third round pick, I'm resetting Bryce Young's rookie contract, and I'm going to be able to get at least four starting caliber players. A great illustration of this guy. So then he went on to talk about how Jacksonville did basically exactly that, and look where they are. And that's right. To me, I just wanted to give my take on this because I didn't get enough of a chance to do it yesterday. It makes sense to me, but it only makes sense if you believe that Bryce Young is going to be at least as good as, if not better than, Justin Fields. That's pretty simple. Because resetting the quarterback clock, the difference between what you would get if you traded Justin Fields and traded the first pick in the draft... I think you would get more for the first pick, which illustrates the point. If you gave teams the option, you could either have the choice of having Justin Fields or having the first pick in the draft. I think we're all saying more teams would rather have the first pick in the draft. Now, if that is true, ask yourself, why would more teams rather have the first pick in the draft than have Justin Fields? If that is the case, then why wouldn't the Bears be one of those teams? They're looking at that option. They can either have Justin Fields or the first pick in the draft. Now, in theory, they could have both. But for the purposes of this exercise, if it is sensible to say, let's just pick a team that desperately needs a quarterback, the Jets. If the Jets would trade you two ones, I'm just making this up, 
for the first pick, but would only trade you a one and a three for Fields, what you're saying is the difference there is because you have to pay Fields much sooner than you would have to pay Bryce Young. And the difference in that money is worth more than the difference in the picks you're getting. So Tannenbaum's point, I I know a lot of people are going to criticize him and they're going to say, oh, he's hating on Justin Fields. None of that is the case. It is a sensible point to make. Here's why I don't like it. Because I think Justin Fields has a chance to be great. And Bryce Young scares me to death. I never like talking down college kids coming into the pros. I want more than anything for all these kids to go, be successful, stay healthy, and make a ton of money. I hope Bryce Young does. I've never met him, but he seems like a great young man. I hope he has a wonderful career and makes hundreds of millions of dollars. I don't want to be the one saying what I think, which is that kid is too small. He's just too small. I'm the one who told you, don't take Zion Williamson with the number one pick in the draft. Not because he isn't the best player, but because he's always going to be hurt. And I'm right. Because when you've been around sports, as long as I've been around, you see it. Show me a quarterback who is Bryce Young's size who has ever been a great player in the NFL. Show me one. Don't, don't give me Drew Brees. Drew Brees is not small. He's just short. Kyler Murray is not small. He's just short. You know who's small? Zach Wilson. Mm. Zach Wilson is small. The second he runs out onto the field with everybody else, you're like, did they let a kid out there? Like, he's small. He's not just short. He's small. And that, unfortunately, is like the least of his problems. But it is a problem. I never liked it from the beginning. And Bryce Young is going to be that. Now, I hope he's a great player. But there are two problems with it. One of them is the size itself being a factor. And the second, the bigger one, of course, is the injury risk. I don't care if he sets the world on fire as a rookie, which he may very well do, and I hope he does. But you're not drafting a guy at the top of the draft because you want one great year out of him. You need at least five to make it worthwhile. And that scares me to death. I think I want Justin Fields, who is as big He's not as big as Josh Allen, but he's close. He doesn't run as well as Lamar Jackson, but it's close. Like, he's if, if Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson like were combined, I, he, he, they would be Justin Fields. Now, he may not be as good as that, but he might. He's never had a chance. He was on the worst offense in the whole sport last year. So, I, personally, I wouldn't trade Justin Fields away for practically anyone. I mean, sure, I mean, all the things that would never happen, you know, if – I would trade him for Patrick Mahomes and J- Josh Allen. I would definitely not trade him for the, the potential of Bryce Young. Uh, Mike Tannenbaum <laughs> might be a- applying draft theory correctly here, but the point that you'd have to pay Justin Fields two years earlier than Bryce Young or ex-quarterback, is, is the, he's making the opposite point that he thinks. If you get to, uh, to pay Justin Fields, you have done something right by selecting the right quarterback. Right. You don't know if Bryce Young is that. We, we, we do this exercise every year. The hit rate for first-round quarterbacks, it's about 45%. Meaning, <laughs> 9 out of 20 quarterbacks you draft in the first round wind up signing a second contract with that team. Justin Fields has already shown 
enough to where you're going to feel comfortable doing that in a year or two. Whereas with Bryce Young, you literally have no idea. I like dealing with things that I know and not things that I don't. Right. So uh, you are on my side on all of this. I would not trade Justin Fields for the opportunity to take Bryce Young. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $700 on average. Meanwhile, you ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. What has happened to Dak Prescott? If you had told me that any number of things might derail the Dallas Cowboys this year, I would have believed you. The departure of Amari Cooper, the health of the offensive line, the slowing down of Ezekiel Elliott, the uh, lack of depth on that defense, the sort of one, uh, one trick pony nature of the defense, which is they do one thing very, very well, but they're not overall a great defense. <clears throat> Coaching. I would, I would have believed any of those were going to be the downfall of the Dallas Cowboys. If you had told me that going into the playoffs, the biggest question mark would be Dak Prescott's propensity to turn the football over, I would never have believed you. I am an unabashed Dak Prescott fan. I like him. I like his game. I have long thought him to be an excellent NFL quarterback. Not a top five NFL quarterback, but right around the 10th best quarterback in the National Football League. And this year, he has just flat not been that, and I don't know why. Let me go to Bubba, who is a crazy Cowboy fan, for those of you who are relatively new to our show, and thus, you've watched every snap, probably, of Dak's entire career. What has happened? Why is Dak Prescott this year, for those who don't know, threw 15 picks in 12 games. That's tied for the most of anyone in the NFL, and he missed five games. Bubba, why? What has happened? Yeah, anytime you're, you're tied with Davis Mills for anything, I don't think it's usually a good thing. I, I don't know the answer to it, um, but like I, I mentioned the other day, I think the only positive out of all of this is right now we're only worried about what Dak is doing in the postseason, so he has an opportunity right now to do something the Cowboys haven't done since, I think, 92, win playoff road games. And if he does that, all the question marks will be erased. So it, it, the pressure is on Dak right now, and it doesn't really matter what he did in the regular season. The regular season was horrific. It's the worst he's playing right now. But we can turn it all around right now with a successful postseason. And if he wins a couple games on the road, I, I think they will beat Tampa. I, I think they definitely will beat Tampa. And I think if they can get some momentum from there, I honestly think they can beat Philly, too. So I think if Dak is playing up to as good as he can, I think he can change the narrative and, and he can get some momentum. And I think it'll be a successful postseason for him. So you're suggesting that this is actually an opportunity. And coming up next, I'm going to explain to you why Bubba is absolutely right. And I'm going to invoke a name you may not be expecting that I think is the perfect comparison. That is next. This is Greeny, and we're listening to ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Greeny, we are coming to you live above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Lots still to come on a fun morning here as we work our way towards Wild Card Weekend. And we were just talking about Dak Prescott. You probably have more numbers, Hembo. I was just asking Bubba from the sort of the fan's eye view of Dak's struggles this year because they've been so uncharacteristic. I have long been a big fan of Dak Prescott. And... I think that the knocks on Dak generally have been unfair because people have said, well, he's not Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Well, you can be really good and not be Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. And so I've always thought he was in the next level. Like there was a whatever the group is that's a notch below those guys. He's been that. And I think I was right. And then this year, I, he has been anything but. So do you have numbers that illustrate that? What has happened to Dak Prescott? So there is not a monocausal explanation for what has happened to Dak Prescott, but the numbers are these. So entering the season, Dak Prescott owned the fourth lowest interception ratio in the history of the NFL. Wait, let's stop and say that again. He had the fourth lowest. Let's just call it picks. I get it. We understand this isn't, these aren't raw numbers. But to, to put it in language people like to use... He was the fourth best ever at not throwing interceptions. That's right. And all of a sudden this year, he leads the league, actually threw as many as anybody, and he missed five games. Why? So the numbers say that this is the worst offensive line he's ever played behind from a pass protection standpoint. He also was playing without Amari Cooper for the first time in quite some time. And over the last couple of games, the Cowboys have run the ball 59 times, and one of those has gained 10 yards. In other words, they're asking him to deal with way more and doom way more than they ever have before. But that doesn't mean that Zach, Dak Prescott is without blame here, of course. It's clear that defenses are changing the picture. And right now, he's, he's a hitter who they're, you're throwing a down-and-away slider every time you're up, and you're swinging at it every time. He's not adjusted back, and that's obviously on him and only him. All right. So, so there it is, and he's got whatever it is, five days now to get that right, or they're going to be one and done against Tampa Tom, and they're going to have all kinds of problems. Having said that, Chris Canty put a thought in my head on TV this morning that smart people in life— successful people in life view these kind of circumstances as opportunities. I'm sitting here like a dope talking about what's happened to him. And 
Chris Canty brought up, this could actually be a great opportunity. And here's the analogy that he made. (coughs) A generation ago, there was a quarterback that a lot of people had a lot of questions about. We used to wonder, is he elite? That was the big question all the time. Is he elite? Is he elite? Can you spell elite with E-L-I? And then Eli Manning went into the playoffs in 2007 with a wildcard team of which not much was expected. And he went nuts. He played out of his mind. They won a bunch of road games, and Eli Manning became a made man for the rest of his career. He's going to the Hall of Fame, A, because he played a really long time and put up huge numbers, but primarily because he had two incredible Super Bowl runs. They are the ones for which he will always be remembered, and they are the reason that Giant fans will love him until the end of time, as well they should. So maybe Dak has that opportunity. Is it inconceivable, Hembo, Mm. as Bubba just pointed out? Maybe Dak goes out there Monday night in what could be viewed as a tune-up game. Tampa stinks. If they play at their best, the Cowboys should kill them. Maybe Dak gets comfortable. The running game gets going. Whatever it is, he gets himself into a little bit of a groove and goes on a little bit of a run here. Is that on the list of things you could see happening? Yes. By the way, Eli Manning threw a league-high 20 interceptions in 2007 through eight picks against, excuse me, eight touchdowns against one interception in that playoff run. No, the Cowboys at their best might be the best team in the NFL. We've been saying that all season. They're just at their best so infrequently. My theory here is that the Dak Prescott interception thing, while very much worth talking about and while very much concerning, is likely to phase its way out because interceptions happen so infrequently just on balance that it's sort of a fluky occurrence. And with a body of work that say he does so as infrequently as it did, I wouldn't be stunned if Dak Prescott played two or three playoff games this year and didn't throw one. That's just how these things work. See, I'm not buying that. Why is that? (coughs) Because... I'm not buying that interceptions are something that happens so infrequently that they're fluky. Patrick Mahomes led the NFL in interceptions halfway through last season. Right. You could, Josh Allen had that stretch this year where he was throwing all those red zone interceptions, right? Great players, great quarterbacks go through these stretches, and sometimes the interceptions are just concentrated in ways that we happen to notice more than others. But quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, because they're so insanely productive, like I'm willing to live with a pick a game from Patrick Mahomes. If you told me right now, Patrick Mahomes is going to throw 17 interceptions. He's going to throw one in every game. I will sign that right now. I know he didn't throw that many. My point is, I will sign for that right now. Because he's also going to throw four touchdowns. But the really great ones, and show me the season in which Aaron Rodgers did that. Never. I understand that Rodgers threw some picks this year, Mm -hmm. and that's what made it so stunning, because he never does. Call up Rodgers' numbers for a second. Tell me when you have them. I got them. In the last two seasons in which he was the MVP, how many touchdowns did he throw in those two regular seasons combined? 85. And how many interceptions? Want to guess? <laughs> it, it's something like seven, right? 85 to nine. 85 touchdowns in nine picks. See, that's not fluky. That, that's not, to me, that's not a fluke. And I, I, I cannot sit here and watch Dak Prescott play and watch him throw a terrible interception deep in his own territory that could easily have cost them a game against Houston and then throw awful and just an unimaginably awful pick six this past week against Washington on literally the play after he had thrown the same pass that just got dropped. I can't sit here and say, this is just fluky. It'll take care of itself. But I li- the odds will even out. But I live in a numbers world, right? And I favor six years over six weeks. 
And that's all that I'm saying. It's just as likely to keep <laughs> continuing as it is to tail off. And what Dak Prescott's numbers say is that it's likely at some point to tail off. All right, and, and then there's the Jerry Jones of it all, which is to say, it, does their coach have his job on the line on Monday night? Jerry Jones on 105.3 The Fan says no. No. Just, uh, I don't even want to. Uh, no. Uh, that's it. I don't need to go into all the pluses or minuses, but uh, uh, we're not seeing any. We're not uh, basing. I've got uh, a lot more to evaluate Mike McCarthy on than this playoff game. So the question is, do you believe him? Because I'm not in any way accusing Jerry Jones of being a liar, and that is a direct answer to a direct question. But if I'm the owner of a football team, and I am seriously thinking about firing my coach if he loses his first playoff game, there's no way in hell I'm saying that leading up to the game. Like the last thing in the world I want on my players' minds, on my coaches' minds, or anybody else's mind is, hey, the owner said we're firing the coach if we lose this game. Now, therein lies one of the problems in Dallas. No other owner's talking about that this week, right? The owners of no other team do a regular Wednesday or whatever it is, in his case, Tuesday radio appearance in which they are answering these questions directly. But that just is what it is. That's baked into the cake in Dallas, (coughs) and it's not changing. So the point I'm making is I don't blame Jerry Jones if he is looking me right in the face and lying when I ask him that question, because what else can he do? So I don't think that's true. I think if Mike McCarthy loses this game, it will be very – there's a lot of different ways you can lose a game. Their playoff loss last year was hideous. I think if they lose a game this weekend, and at least one of the things you can point to is coaching mm-hmm. as the reason why, I think if I'm sitting where Jerry Jones is, I'm an 80-year-old trillionaire, and I've seen what I've seen the last two years, I think I would be seriously considering making a change. So my question for you then is, with the issues that the Cowboys are facing right now, to, to which do you attribute the coaching? Are we blaming Mike McCarthy on Dak Prescott all of a sudden throwing interceptions? Yes. We are. I, he's not helping. I mean, Mike McCarthy is supposed to be an offensive guru. He was the play caller in Green Bay, right? So, I mean, he, he's, he's an offensive coach. So, if the quarterback is suddenly throwing interceptions, uh, here's my point. If, if we're going to say that Mike McCarthy is blameless for all the things that have gone on, then we're suggesting he's basically a bystander, right? It's, an, it's one thing to be blameless, and it's another thing to be coaching for your job. Mike McCarthy's 24-10 and 10 over the last two years. Mike McCarthy's resume looks a lot like Sean Payton's resume, front to back. <coughs> Awful lot. Yeah, but Sean Payton, sometimes you just need a change for the sake of change. I understand it. You know, by by the way, you just made me think of something. And that is that I often fantasize about owning an NFL team. And in my fantasy, it's the Jets. (laughs) And I think about all the things I would do if I was the owner. And here's, let me take a break on this thought. I'm going to come back. I'm going to tell you the first thing I would say to the media when, if I owned any NFL team. And I think it's something that every owner should say. And I'm not exactly sure why they don't. We'll get to that. Plus, we have the master of linguistics making an interesting point in a way that only he can. You'll hear it after this word from ZipRecruiter. If you're hiring for your company, this is a busy time of year. Obviously, new year means new goals, finding the right people to accomplish them. So thankfully, there's ZipRecruiter, which uses powerful matching technology to find the right candidates for your job. 
Let ZipRecruiter help you find the best people for all your roles. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See for yourself. Go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Back in a flash, ESPN Radio. We get to suck on that all week. Greeny, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Greeny on ESPN Radio, we have just gotten outstanding news. If it, This song is Raise Your Glass by Pink. Uh, you can raise your glass to this news. And Bubba, I assume this is what you were alerting me to. I, I've, saw, I've seen it on Twitter that DeMar Hamlin has been released from the hospital. Is that what you were showing me? Yeah. So DeMar Hamlin has been released from the Buffalo Hospital. So a week and two days after he very nearly and legitimately very nearly lost his life. Uh, on a football field, um, he has been released from the hospital. And while that, I assume, does not mean that he is in perfect health and that there are not still some concerns, he is well enough to go home. And that is extraordinary. And it is a reminder of the medical miracles that are being performed every single day. And I'm not here to tell you that all of the good vibes and all of the prayers and everything else that we all put into the universe weren't a factor here. But I am telling you that the reason that man is alive today is because that training staff was so prepared for what happened because the NFL and the NFL Players Association are so prepared that that these situations are rehearsed 
and ready, and they were they got to they know exactly what to do. Player is down, it looks like a concern, they're there immediately. They knew what to do. They got him to a trauma center and they found the medical the geniuses, the, the genius doctors and nurses who knew exactly what to do and they saved his life. That's the reason that man is alive today, and that there is every reason, I think, at this point to hope and perhaps believe that he's going to be able to lead a long and healthy life. So that's a miracle. And and the next time you see your doctor or your nurse, thank them. I've been in enough hospitals over the years, particularly with all the Mike and Mike years and all the, the, the events we did for the V Foundation. These people are, are, are performing heroic acts and saving people's lives literally every single day. And <clears throat> most of them aren't pro football players, so we don't hear about it. So that's the first news, and that is wonderful news. Now, another thing that happened during that break is that, Hembo, you said to me that the NFL players voted their all-star team, essentially. Is that what it is? Yes. So the NFLPA just released its inaugural <clears throat> all-pro team. So these are players voting for fellow players. Only active players were eligible to, to vote. So these are who players in the NFL believe are the best players in the NFL at their respective positions. So, so we decided, I won't look. I haven't seen what any of them are, <clears throat> so that I can try and guess some. So I'm not going to go through like who the – I mean, I think I know some of the names, but I, I will, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go mostly to the glamour positions. So at quarterback, there's just one person at each position? Yes. I'm going to guess the players voted Patrick Mahomes the quarterback. That's correct. Running back. <clears throat> who do you think they chose as running back? Are there one or two? There's one. There's only one running back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the players have a lot of respect. I'm just going to throw some names out there that are just jumping into my head. <coughs> Because I'm sure I'm forgetting a few. I think Josh Jacobs led the league in rushing this. Is it Josh Jacobs? It is Josh okay, Jacobs. Okay, then I won't go on. He was ridiculous this year. Yeah. Uh, 1,653 yards, he led the league in rushing. There are two receivers that made the list. Just two. two. But Justin Jefferson has to be one of them. That's right. And then the other, again, I'm just I'm thinking out loud. I could see it being Devontae. I could see it. It is Devontae? Yes. Okay, you keep four giving me four. the thumbs up. It's him. Yep, go you, ahead. One tight end. Who do you think Hold on one was? second. I have big news. L- mm-hmm. Let me come back to that in a minute. But I have huge news that was just posted on my screen. I do not consider this to be a surprise, but I think it is incredibly important. This is from Adam Schefter's Twitter feed. Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel has ruled out Tua Tungavailoa for Sunday's game at Buffalo. He still has not cleared concussion protocol. I've been saying all week, if you've listened to me, I can't see any way in the world they could put him back out there, but now it is official. The coach has ruled out Tua for a playoff game in Buffalo. And there's only one word to use to describe that, and that is a terrible shame. It is a shame. You would love to see this franchise and this young player who had – Absolutely had franchise alter. They had a franchise altering season when he was healthy. They were really good, really good. And he had a career redefining season. He played terrifically well. You would love to see them have a chance to back that up in the playoffs. And while I think they would lose to Buffalo even with him, I think they're going to get shellacked without him. And they have almost no chance. They have no chance to win in Buffalo on Sunday, Saturday. When is that? Sunday, right? That's a Sunday game. But whatever. That's not the point. The point is you cannot jeopardize this young man's health. So I'm not surprised by this at all. Anyway, that is breaking news from Shefty. Just moments ago, Tua has been ruled out. Okay, going back, we were doing, uh, we just did the receivers. Mm -hmm. There's one tight end. Who's your guess for tight end? I'm guessing the tight end is Kelsey. It is. Yeah. There are two edge rushers. Who do you think are the two edge rushers they chose? So... I mean, I think Micah Parsons would be, I would think Micah Parsons would be one of them, but I'm wondering if because he's so young and kind of brash, 
if some of the other players may not have voted for him. Hmm. I'm trying to read your face. I would guess that Micah Parsons should be one of them. He is not. He's not one of them. That is That means he didn't get a single vote from the Eagles. That (laughs) means the entire Philadelphia Eagles team, that whole roster didn't vote for him after he questioned Jalen Hurts. And that is why Micah Parsons right now is trending on Twitter. He is considered the biggest snub on this list. Yeah, so tell me who they did put in, and we'll we'll see if, if there's any justification. They put in Nick Bosa. Yeah, he's great. Great. And they put in Miles Garrett. Also great, but I th- I think I would put I think I think based on this well, look Miles Garrett had an unbelievable year. I mean you can't you can't blame the the failure of the Browns the disappointing season of the Browns on Miles Garrett. That said, do I think that Parsons should be in ahead of those two guys? I, you know what? I don't think this is such a terrible snub. Now that you really? tell me who it is, I, I would put who who would you replace? I would put my order would be Parsons Bosa. Garrett. So you'd replace Garrett. Micah Parsons is the best edge rusher in the NFL and probably the best defensive player. I'm honestly stunned by this because the numbers are so loud in the favor of Micah Parsons. Now the players aren't using the same methodology that I would. But I think his youth. I think that I think I think there's a lot of people that don't like him because he gets so much attention based on the sort of high profile nature of what he's done, plus the fact that he's a cowboy doing it, plus the sort of cocky comment he made about Jalen Hurts that rubbed. I think a lot of players. I think he's rubbed a lot of players the wrong way. So it's not necessarily a vote of we don't think he's good enough. It's that we. Yeah, this is why players don't vote for things like this, or should it? Why (laughs) players shouldn't vote for other players who go in the Hall of Fame. Um, please tell me Quinnen Williams is one of the defensive tackles. Uh, it, it, it's, it, he deserves to make oh, it. Oh, you're going to hate this. It's oh, not you're Quinnen going Williams. to hate this. That is a disgrace. So Chris Jones of Kansas City, who is? And Aaron Donald? Who missed six games. That is a freaking disgrace. Quinnen Williams absolutely deserves that spot. Shame on every player. That's a bi- to me, that's a bigger snub than Micah Parsons because I'm a Jet fan. And, and thus, that is a bigger snub in that regard. Sauce has to have made it. Is Sauce one of the corners? No. Sauce is not one of the corners. The corners are Patrick Sertan in Denver and the Eagles' Darius Slay. <clears throat> this is a joke. Yeah, this not, is a joke. Darius Slay isn't even the best corner on the Eagles. That's a terrible selection. Anything else notable? Just read me the names. All right, so we have the uh, nose, there's a nose tackle, Dexter Lawrence of the Giants. The off-the-ball <clears> linebackers <throat> are Fred Werner of the Niners, Roquan Smith of Baltimore. The free safety is Minka Fitzpatrick. The strong safety is... Derwin James, there's obviously a list here of all special teamers and offensive linemen, but the positions I went through are the ones that are the most interesting, and the Micah Parsons snub, I thought, was the most obvious. That's just horrific. Okay, terrible. I hate it. Nothing could make me angrier, and that's what I have to say about that. Now, on to the few things that I wanted to clean up. So I told you, if I, I, I fantasize, does anyone else do this? I fantasize sometimes about being the owner of an NFL team. You know, I, I don't really fantasize about being a player. Because, A, I wouldn't want to play football. If you gave me the option of playing football, I wouldn't want to do it because it just hurts too much. Like, I don't handle any physical adversity well. So, like, the pain that I see football players going through all the time, particularly back in my seven years that I spent covering the Chicago Bears, um, I could never handle it, never. So I never fantasize about being a football player. I would love to own an NFL team. Not just because it means that I'm a billionaire, but I just think it would be <coughs> wonderful. And if I owned an NFL team, here's what I would say. I would, my first press conference, when the media is asking me, I would say, if I, when I hire a general manager and I hire a head coach, 
You never have to ask me during the season if I might fire the coach. Every coach who coaches for me is coaching because I believe in that person. And I would never hire fire a coach during the season barring the unusual circumstance of some sort of arrest or other hideously embarrassing circumstance. But to me, the, you don't have to ask me. You can ask me week one, week nine, week 12. I will evaluate everyone after every season. Every, person's eval- every person deserves a season to be evaluated. So as ridiculous as it sounds, I wouldn't have fired Nathaniel Hackett when Nathaniel got Hackett, Hackett got fired, and I don't think anyone has ever deserved to be fired more. But I would not fire a coach, and I would tell them that straight up. I'm empowering these people. Their job is to coach this team for 17 games. I, nothing is changing that. And if they're not good enough to coach this team for 17 games, that's my fault. I should not be so wishy-washy. That's why what they're doing in places like Arizona and Houston is a joke. You'll never succeed that way because you don't have the courage of your own convictions. You hire someone and a year later you're firing them? What, 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 you're just, you're acknowledging, well, a year ago I didn't have any idea what I was doing. Again, the coach is driving drunk or domestic violence. That changes. No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about being a good coach or not being a good coach. If I have the conviction to hire you, Hembo, to coach my team, mm. I'm definitely not deciding after one year. If, if, if I decide after one year that you were a mistake, then all the people involved in advising me, everything I think I know about football, I'm wrong. If you fire your coach after one year, that's your fault. That's a you problem. That's, that's you getting it wrong. You should be apologizing. The ownership in Houston should hold a press conference and apologize to the fans. The owner should say, I have so little idea what I'm doing that I have in consecutive years hired someone that I was willing to acknowledge was the wrong person just like that. I should hold a news conference and say, I have no idea what I'm doing. Frankly, the next sentence should be, and you, the fans of this team, deserve better. But that never comes. So anyway, that's what I would say if I was the owner of a team. Okay, one more thing. By the I, way. You watch. By the way, just yeah. quickly. Bubba, can I get you some confirmation on this? <laughs> yeah. So we open the show with you going through your entire bracket. Yeah. Cursing any number of teams in the NFL by picking them to win. Right. Bubba, unless I am mistaken, I don't think Greeny actually ever provided his pick for who is going to win the Super Bowl. Kansas City, San Francisco is my Super Bowl. Uh, I'll take San Francisco to win. All right. Well, well the there 49ers you go. The winning the Super Bowl. Oh, no. Issue um, resolved. Yeah, I'll take the 49ers to win the Super Bowl um, over Kansas City. They get their revenge uh, in a game that they easily could have won, whatever that is now, three years ago. All right, let me finish with one other thing. So Stetson Bennett wins back-to-back national championships as the quarterback of Georgia and will be a legend and a hero and a beloved figure. If he wants to run for senator someday from the state of Georgia or governor or God knows what else, he could be the president of Georgia <coughs> for the rest of his life. My good friend and yours, Mr. Chris Mad Dog Russo, has an issue with a player of his age, he's 25 years old, being allowed to play college football. And he, Chris Russo, voiced that as only he can. I have a major problem with Stetson Bennett, 25 years of age, playing college football. I can see it for one year. Last year he won. You know, Burrow was 23, going on 24, and he won. But... 
25 years of age, playing quarterback for Georgia. He should have left after last year. And I understand we have punters who are 50 from Australia punting. I have a problem with a 25-year-old playing against 19-year-old kids. I had a problem with Wenicky doing it for Florida State when <laughs> he won the Heisman. I didn't vote for him for that reason. And I understand that Bennett's story is a hell of a story. We all know about the walk-on and told to leave and everything else. I, I understand that. But he's older than 10 NFL quarterbacks. He's older than Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts. He's the same age as Lamar Jackson. And it's not like he didn't win last year. He won last year. What is the cutoff? What, if you're 40, you can play? What is the cutoff date? When do we sit there and watch a college athlete and say, you know what, this is ridiculous. He's this old, playing against a bunch of 19, 20-year-old kids? This is absurd. That is hilarious. Now, the, one of the funny pieces of this, his name, of course, was Chris Wenke. I had a problem with Wenke doing it for Florida State. <laughs> so that's hilarious. A, that's just hilarious. B, it's an interesting question. Do you, Hembo, have a problem with a 25-year-old starting quarterback on a national championship or on any college team? I don't have a problem with it, and we need to get used to it because now with NIL, you're going to see quarterbacks that aren't like obviously pros stay for much longer because they can get paid. Yeah, but generally speaking, they can only stay four years or a fifth year. This year was a unique circumstance because everyone got another year based on COVID and everything else. We're going to get used to this. 25-year-olds. Mm-hmm. You have no issue with it. Not really. Bobby, do you have an issue with a 25-year-old quarterback in college? Or position, any player? Yeah, I mean, once you brought it up, it, it, something about it just seems off. I do agree there's something weird about tw- a 25-year-old playing against a 19-year-old. Cam, how old are you? The same age as Setson. And yet he's playing quarterback in college. And the fact that he did win it last year is an interesting little layer to this. I'm not saying that it shouldn't be allowed, but I do think it is interesting. Hmm. I mean, is there an age? Is there, is there a... a could a 37-year-old who never went to college go back to school and wind up playing if he didn't use up his eligibility? Sure. I guess he could. I don't know. The next thing, LeBron going to play for Duke? <laughs> we'll figure it out. See you tomorrow. What a dope. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.